Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. I'm Wayne Shepard with Mark here in the studio today talking about a teen's heart changing because of relationships. That's right. You know, most people have this idea that kids change just because they're, they're in an environment of change. And that's not true. They're in an environment of relationships. Many times mom and dad focus on their parenting role and what it needs to look like as if to win the mother or the father of the year award. <laughs> and, and instead of focusing on the needs of the child and forming a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to hear us say. Relationship causes change in the life of a child. Kids don't change because of an authoritarian figure barking out orders for a child to follow. They change because they understand the need for change and observe the benefits of change within their home. Relationship with your teen. That's what we're talking about here today. So very important. It is. You know, you know what, Wayne, we are made for relationships. That's how God created us. Absolutely. You know, and, and no matter what our age is, we all want to connect with somebody else. And I, and I want parents to kind of understand this. In a world where kids are spending an average of 10 hours a day looking at a screen, they're not connecting with one another. So Mm. their relational development is somewhat being hampered. I mean, the American Medical Association has increased the age of adolescence to age 27. The American Journal of Adolescent Psychiatry has increased it to age 26. And so, I mean, that's how we grow is through relationship. When, when, as Scripture says, just as iron sharpens iron, so shall one man sharpen the other. And so when we're in relationship— we have this longing to connect, we grow, we, we mature, we develop responsibility. But the problem with our kids today is they're not engaging and connecting hmm. like they used to. Mark, but someone says, you say that, but my teen doesn't want to spend any time with me at all. You know what? I think they're learning that. It's kind of like a teen that, that says, well, I, I don't want to have a discussion. Really? Okay. I'm the parent, though. You know what? I, I mean, I'm not going to allow my child to say, I don't want to have a discussion or to keep their conversation to 140 characters or less. <laughs> you know, I want to have a full-on discussion. It's my role to teach not only about having a discussion, but to allow them to see the benefits of discussion. I mean, they may look at it and just go, oh, geez, I can't believe here we are sitting again being mm-hmm. interrogated and listening mm-hmm. to mom and mm-hmm. dad. I want them to go, wow, I never thought of it that way. And do you find in your experience that if they don't get it at home, they'll go elsewhere for that relationship? Well, sure they will, and they'll do things that none of us want to talk about. I mean, I, I, I would be embarrassed to talk about what kids do to find a connection. I, I don't want to talk about that on the radio. It's, it's almost that it's inappropriate. But I think kids are so desperate, they will do anything. Just use your imagination. Just use your imagination. They'll do anything to make a connection because that's how God has created them. And so they, they, they will do those things that are available to them. And in a culture that is permissive and sexually charged and uh, where vices are allowed and, and now be even being legalized, I go, you know what? Kids have an amazing 
opportunity before hmm. them, and they're missing out on something even more amazing, and that's a relationship with mom and dad. And this is how mom and dad communicate their values, their wisdom to kids is through that relationship. You, you can't lecture that, done, can you? You know, you really can't. Look, look you and I have got gray hair, you know, and... and <laughs> well, um, I have a little more than you do. There but. you go. But I mean, it's... But but here's something that I see that kids are looking for. And, and mind you, I was at a Christian sports camp that, that has 25,000 people that come to it every summer. I've done Young Life work for years. I was at a church where hundreds of kids were involved. We've had close to 3,000 kids that have lived with us. I've always been surrounded by kids, and I've always thought, okay, well, in the next five years, I'll be ineffective. In the <laughs> next five years, I'll be ineffective. Hasn't happened, has it? It's amazing to me. I'm 60 years old, turned 60 this year. And I have more kids wanting to spend time with me than they ever have. And you know what it's for? It's not because of a, a mustache from the 1880s or the fact that I wear <laughs> boots or any of that. It's a fact that it's wisdom that may come from a little bit of that gray hair that kids are dying to listen to. How do I take the things I know to be true and apply it to the world that I live in? I was just going to say, it's all about the listening. That That's what attracts them to you, it, I think. You know, I, I, I think so. And, and And then they're asking questions and I go... Okay, here I am hanging out with a bunch of 15, 16-year-old kids. It just seems weird, but they long for it, and they want that. And if you're a grandparent listening to this, you have a role to play in the life of your grandkids. Let let your sons and daughters teach them things, and then you bring wisdom to the table and offer that to your grandkids. All right, how can we bring about change in the relationship that will lead to change in our teen then? You know, I think change takes time. I don't think it's just something that happens immediately. I, I will walk toward a child and and, uh, and try to engage with them, and I get rejected most of the time. And I'll keep walking back and try to engage with them, and they'll reject me again. And then I keep walking toward them, and they'll reject You know, it takes time. It, it, it means that it takes perseverance. It means that you've got to win that child over. It's not like it used to be that they used to respect their elders. You know, I think that you've got to win their respect first, and then they'll respect you. It's been reversed. I don't like it, but that's the way it is. And so so I think it takes time. And sometimes it takes conflict in a relationship. If you're going to get down to honest things, that's right. you got to deal with those things. That's right. When I see conflict between the values of what they want and, and what they believe in and what they're actually doing, then there's going to be conflict. And so I'll expose that, full of grace, full of truth bringing light to a dark, dark area of their life. And there may be conflict when we do that because I can't allow that behavior to continue. How do we get conflict to draw us closer to each other, though? Well, you know what? I, I think those, when you, it's like going through a, um, uh, Jane and I were on the Colorado River uh, this past summer, and we were in a class five uh, rapids. And it scares the now, daylights out of you. I don't know anything about the classing of rapids, but that sounds dangerous it to is. me. It is. I looked at it when we were about ready to go in, and I, and I thought, we shouldn't be doing this. And she looked at me, and she goes, I, I, I think I'm going to freak out. And I go, okay, we got a guide with us. I think we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Just You just hold on to me, and if you go in, I'll come get you and all this stuff. And, and you know what? At the end of the trip, we were laughing. We were looking at each other. We had experienced, you know, danger. We'd gone through something that was tough. You literally went through white water. That's right. And <laughs> yeah. it really, and it, and, and it, there's something that brings that together. When you experience hardship, just easy stuff doesn't bring people close together. That's why I tell people all the time, go camping. Anything that can go wrong will go <laughs> yes, wrong on a camp out. Can I get a witness? <laughs> yeah. And so if it does, you learn to experience that skunks coming into your tent, it raining and floating the 
way. I mean, take advantage of that opportunity. Conflict is a precursor to change. And without the foundation of a solid relationship, you know, conflict can can broaden the gap. But you need to you need to allow conflict to continue within your family. And then just quickly, a couple of points. Maybe we can amplify when we come back. Yeah. You know, the, the next thing is consistency. Make sure you're consistent with your kids, that who they see at work is who they see at church, is who they see when they're out together. And of course, the fourth thing is love, love. your kids. Love with an exclamation That's point. That's right. You've got to ask yourself a question. What's a guy with a mustache from 1880 doing answering questions about today's teens? That's a great question. It's because I've spent my life living with teens and have helped thousands of parents deal with raising their teens in an ever-changing culture. Hundreds of questions are always asked of me about parenting. Folks want to know how to take the scripture they believe and put it into practice with techniques and, uh, and new parenting tools that help get their teen and their family to a better place. So if there's a question that you'd like to get the answer from, a seasoned guy who spent his life working and living with teens, then this is the place. You can get those questions to me in a number of ways. First off, you can go to ask at markgregston.com. The second way is just to text that question to 903-400-4732. That's 903-400-4732. Or you can go to markgregston.com and submit a question. Let me answer some of those hard questions that you have about your team. And I'll give you an answer that is practical, proven, and effective in its application. We're talking about the factors that go into changing things for our teens and building a relationship yeah. with them. You talked about time and conflict and consistency. You mentioned love, but I want to come back to that point. <laughs> that that really is important. We can't we can't overlook that. It really is. Which is more important, Wayne, uh, the cleanliness of your room <laughs> or your child having a relationship with you? Oh my goodness, we used to fight that battle until I realized which was more important. That's right. Okay, which is more important, uh, the, uh, your daughter wrecking the car? <laughs> Or your relationship that you have with her. Okay, I get the point. You know, and here's the thing. One day you're going to be at your child's wedding, and you're going to be giving them away. And you're not going to talk about a lot of stuff. What you're going to talk about is the way that you've loved one another. And you may even smile and laugh a bit when you talk about the tough times, the hard times. You may get an apology from a child that says, I'm sorry I put you through that. (laughs) But you know what sustains everybody is the love that you show for one another, not only in the good times, but in the hard times as well. And if I could do it all over, I think I would I would have spent less time trying to figure out how to be father of the year and more time how to be loving my child in a way that they've never been loved before. A love that doesn't quit, a love that doesn't end, loving them just like God loves me is really the role that I need to play. Well, that was worth the price of admission today, but the admission was free, so it all is free here, there isn't you it? Go. All right, let's talk about some tips for rebuilding that relationship if it's been lost with yeah, your team. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a lot of people come to me and they go, okay, we've lost it. We didn't do these things. It didn't work, and, and it's kind of blown, and our kid hates us. What do we do? Okay, the fir- here's the first thing. Admit your own mistakes. Quit harping on theirs and share a little bit about yours. And, and this is what's going to happen when you do that. You'll become real. You'll become somebody that's imperfect just like them. You'll be teaching them how to share their own faults. And you'll be vulnerable. 
so that they'll be vulnerable at some point. And that's in the vulnerability of relationships. That's where attachments begin to happen. And so admit your mistakes. Come up with those things. This is where I was wrong. This is what I didn't do right. This I wish I would have done this differently. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry I said this. I shouldn't have said this. We've been too hard on you. We've been too easy on you. I shouldn't have given you this. I should have given you this. I shouldn't have waited till you were 28 to give you a cell phone. I should have given it to you. know, it's that kind of thing mm. that you go back to them and you say, okay, this is what I've done wrong. I want things to be different. Do we communicate the grief that our teens sometimes cause? Communicate it to them? Well, yeah, I think you do. That it hurt when you said this, but it's also a matter of me making sure that I'm not being judgmental and I'm not shaming them. Okay. Sometimes I just leave that out. Now, if they ask, did it hurt you? I go, oh yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted more in our relationship. I wanted it to be different. Let me say this, and I've said it on other programs. Shame has an amazing way of fueling further sin. And so don't shame your kids. There's no good shame. There's guilt for inappropriate behavior and them doing something wrong or a feeling of guilt that comes from consequences that drive them to that. But shame that they're less of a person because they've done it? No, stay away from that. All right, just quickly, some some other tips for rebuilding yeah. the relationship. That's right. Ask questions to better understand where the relationship went wrong. Don't throw stones at this point. Just come back and say, okay, what went wrong? Set aside some time to spend time together. Do something fun that you both enjoy. That's important. It really is. I mean, somewhere we've lost that spark in relationships. And the last thing is learn to laugh and, of course, never stop pursuing your child. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.